go on. Definitely 23, you're positive about that. 23. Okay. Uh, welcome to the Creative Coding Podcast, episode 23, with me, Ian Law. And me, Seb Lee Delisle. I just had an urge to go, yeah, like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> right. I don't know why. It's a bit weird. Maybe because I saw Being Elmo last night, which is a brilliant documentary, by the way. I've not seen it. About the guy who puppeteers Elmo. Really good. Check it out. Bit off topic, so let's move on. <laughs> How have you been? Pretty good, yeah. I mean, this Easter weekend, Amanda and the kids have gone to her parents, and I've just been working on Super Gun Kids doing 13-hour days and or longer yeah. to try and get a load done on it. How's it going? Good. Is it done yet? Yeah, no. It's time-consuming, man. Oh. Yeah. Doing your own Is ideas it... just takes longer than doing other people's ideas because they're inevitably bigger than other people's ideas. Yeah, that's the hardest part about personal projects, is keeping them buildable. Yeah, but I'm like... staying this side of... I mean, the thing is, I'm just making the thing I want to make and I'm not really worrying about how long it takes. That's less important to me. Um, I, really? Obviously, I need to finish it. You don't have any sense of urgency or deadline? I do, or a lot, a lot. But it's like, I'm not being okay. unproductive. I'm writing loads of code. Do you have a plan? Yeah. What, when's when's the schedule? It's a, there's no schedule. There's no, no schedule? No, I've got a list of features that I want to do and I'm building them and that's okay. And that's it. Just writing a writing a schedule wouldn't make it get any, done any faster. I'm already uh, working like all the hours I have on it. Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not going to de-scope anything because it. No, really, so. nothing. Nothing no. is less important no. than anything else. It's all really important. And do you have any? Like, are we talking six months? A year? No. Two months? No. It'd be like, six weeks? It'll be like. <laughs> it'll always be two months away. <laughs> Um, but seriously, by I don't see why it won't be done by like midsummer or the end of the summer. Yeah. So like, what are we now? Uh, April, right? A- beginning of April. So you've yeah, got May, three June. months. Okay, it'll be done by July, I reckon. Cool. So what sort of state is it in now? <sighs> it's got like you can play it. Yeah. But it's not a game. It's just just technology at the moment. But it's okay. technology and art. Yeah. But not like gameplay. Well, it's. It's got gameplay, but it doesn't have like missions and stuff yet. So there's not there's no real point in playing it. Yeah. If that makes sense because I'm just working sure. on the technology. It's like a platform thing, shooter thing. It's a yeah, platform shooter RPG. Okay. Yeah, it's an RPG is the best way to think about it in terms of gameplay. Yeah. So you're a character. Is it like a free roaming exploration thing? Yeah, exactly. You kind of explore and level up and things. Yeah, and it's all about that kind of stuff and collect different weapons and things. Yeah. Is it like Citadel on the Acorn Electron? I'm going to say no. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We? We'll see. It's like- I never know how much I should go on about it because people want to see it, but I don't want to show it yet because it's like, I don't want to show anything mm. until it's at a stage where you play it and you go, oh, wow, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. And I don't think it's quite there yet. Okay. And um- if I showed it now to anyone, it would be like lose some of the impact yeah and okay cool i'm looking forward to seeing that when it's ready i'm I'm noticing your your regular updates on twitter probably boring at this point that's fine the odd screenshot (laughs) little characters good yeah the characters and stuff are all coming around i've built the whole like character customization system yeah and that's really cool yeah that all works now so that's cool so you can have there's loads of different heads different clothes that's cool i often had clients just be like oh yeah and we thought maybe they could just choose which character they wanted and just uh, choose their hats and stuff and i was like okay well that's just doubled the budget (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean like when we did it on like uh that game i did Zwalk back in the day so on that we did it where you could there were 15 heads and 15 bodies yeah and you also had like a color layer behind the head that you could tint yes so then you could have, there's lots of possible combinations and then you mix the colours as well, right? Yeah. But this, there's like the number of combinations, because I've got four, five different customizable parts. Yeah. I've got head, like head and skin and then hair, top, uh, trousers and glasses. So that's like five customizable parts. Yeah. So if you multiply together all the options, you get like whatever bajillion possible combinations. That's quite a lot. But it's a lot it's quite a lot more complicated because um for example, if you take like the trousers, each set of trousers, pants, is like uh five different assets. Yeah. It's not as simple as just like 
you know, your head is one sprite and your body is another sprite. Yeah. And they're so, all animated and stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got this uh, I've got this system that can like play two animations at once. Yeah. So you can play like the legs from the running animation and the top from the shooting animation, which you really need. Yeah. Can you shoot in all directions? Um, you can shoot up and left and right. Right. Sure. So it's it's not like following the mouse or anything. No. That's good. It always gets a bit too complicated then, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a decision I made that, yeah, because I was considering that control scheme because lots of games have done it, but yeah. I want this to feel a bit more like classic 90s video gamey rather than like more modern. And also, it lets me have two players on one keyboard, which is cool, and that all works as well. Cool, so what have you been working on? I finished a personal project last week mm-hmm. Multiplayer Asteroids. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> so, so amazing. So, Right, I have to say, when I first read it, I rolled my eyes completely because I didn't spot it at all. Mm. And I was like, oh, someone's made another Asteroids thing. Yeah. yeah. Do we need another Asteroid, multi-user Asteroids that's been done loads of times? But yeah. Of course, it was all... So so I made Asteroids, which was allegedly multiplayer, so you'd come <laughs> and play my Asteroids game, and there'd be like about, that's about 1,800 concurrent users. All flying around, it's like chaos. And then, like, if you play it long enough, then everyone turns on you and kills you. <laughs> because I released it on April Fool's Day, and it wasn't really multiplayer at all. It was just made up. <laughs> I love it. I love how how it was on the front of Hacker News as well. Well, and but the best part was all the theories that they're all coming up with. You know, because they could sort of smell a rat, and you could see them sort of working it out. I think it was only when someone pulled the network cable out and it carried on working that <laughs> someone got, someone got a bit suspicious. Um, but, I mean, isn't it really easy to tell by? I guess with sockets. Oh, what's it called? There's a thing that intercepts like packets. Oh yeah. Like. Uh, what is it? What is it? It's, it's like a snooper thing. Um, Damn it, I've forgotten the name of it now. But yeah, yeah there, are, there, are, what it is, yeah. there are ways to do that. I mean, you can it's just like there's a Firefox plugin. Does that work with sockets or does that only work with like HTTP you requests? Just, you can just look at the developer tools in, you know, the developer console thing in Chrome and it'll, it'll show you WebSocket connections. But I, d- I must admit, I was a bit yeah. sneaky because I, I did actually connect to a WebSocket server. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, because... That's very sneaky. Because I had one. I just didn't really send... Well, actually... I did send some information to my server, but maybe that will become... I'll, I'm going to do something with that later. That did you not get... So then, did you not get a problem where you had too many people on and it all crashed? It was actually fine. And how many people did you have on at once? About 200, I think. Why did it? Some someone say at one point, like, 10,000 people currently on? Oh, because um, I had a, a number in the top left corner that said how many connections there were. And it just... Right. It just Every frame, I'd add a random amount to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you fooled everyone, pretty much. I fooled a lot of people, yeah, but they definitely, a few people start. Well, there was some guy on my blog, actually, quite early on, who was just totally confused. He wasn't like, he wasn't like, ah, oh, this is totally fake. He was just kind of like, oh, hang on, something really weird's happening. I'm not sure they're all actual people. <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> The, the thing is, though, like, you know, with, like, them all looking at you, for example. Yeah. Even though when you know that's obviously, like, completely fake. Yeah. It could be that you were doing some kind of, like, prediction algorithm or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or, like, some animation that just made it, that made that happen. But it's like a glitch. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, for example, in driving games, multi-user driving games, the cars are kind of driving themselves quite a bit. Like, a lot of it's yeah. based on prediction and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, I, I did write quite a convincing blog post that went along with it, mm. explaining That was the thing the... that really sold it, yeah, you explained all yeah. the ways. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I, I do actually know quite a lot about making w- a multiplayer Wouldn't it have been game. easier to just make it? it would, no, it wouldn't <laughs> have been easier. But it probably wouldn't have been that much harder. Sure. Well, that's not really true. I think it would be, yeah. It, I mean, I only spent a, like a day on it or something. It would probably take me couple of weeks to make a proper mmo i don't it still wouldn't time. even multi-user asteroids wouldn't be an mmo though no whatever massive not massively multi well it depends uh, how many people to be massively has to be persistent 
uh, has to have persistent. That just has to have massive numbers of players. No, it doesn't. It has to be persistent because otherwise it's just a multiplayer game. Well, it's it's got to be massive. Isn't massively referred to the number of players as opposed to the size of the system. The, well, I guess the thing is, in a massively multiplayer game, all the players need to be on the same set of servers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So not like everyone runs their own server. Yeah. It yeah. Has to be one central place. And if you're doing that, the reason you're normally doing it is for persistence. Yeah. I see. Well, you know, who knows? I might... Because, you know, like, for example, if you take Minecraft, right, or Quake, you know, thousands of people might be playing those games now, but they're all playing on their own servers, so it doesn't count as being massively multiplayer. Right. There's got to be a connection. All right, well, I don't care. I'm still going to say MMO Asteroids if I ever make it. (laughs) (laughs) But hasn't Rob Hawks already made it anyway? Yeah, you know, he's made some good inroads, but he never quite, you know... <laughs> Is it not finished, his version? It's not It's not really... Well, whenever I tried it, it game, didn't really work for our Gameplay-wise, though, isn't it... A, does it work as a game? Well, that's. I mean, that's kind of one of the sort of elephants in the room, really, is that... And this is something I, I kind of... You got me thinking about a, a long time ago when you were talking about... Was it Zwok or whatever it's called, that weird... Mm-hmm. You mentioned it just now, Zwok, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you're explaining about how you made fake players and had an algorithm that generated realistic sounding names. Sure, yeah. And stuff like that. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And and that sort of led me on this path down, you know, understanding that to make a, a, a successful multiplayer game, you have to cheat quite a lot. Mm. You know, so, so I guess my Asteroids thing is kind of like the extension of that. It's completely fake. But yeah, it's actually quite fun. It's really a lot of energy there and a lot of players there. And I think if it was genuinely multiplayer, there probably wouldn't be many people there and it would probably lack energy. There'd be just people sat there doing nothing or just looking around or whatever. Yeah, because people are lazy and they open something in a browser. Yeah, and then they just close it again. You you have to be very clever about how you cover that stuff up. I think you had a system where... If someone's just left a game halfway through, then you replace them with a robot, right? That was we did that in the original version, but then we just made them disappear. Yeah, okay. As a punishment for quitting, yeah, because so it was team based. It was like you let your team down by closing. But one thing we did do was we always filled up at the start of a game, filled up empty slots, yeah, with with bots, yeah, who were completely. Um, it was completely non-transparent that they were bots as well, like I, like you were saying. Yeah, we gave them clever, and randomly generated names and things like that. And, and make them purposefully miss and stuff like that so that you thought they were more real. Yeah, and I think that, that that's, you know, that's really important. It's a beautiful lie, right? Mm. And I think that's <laughs> what, what why my asteroids worked, because r- people really wanted it to be true. Yeah, it's, and it had Node.js and HTML5 <laughs> and all of those All of those good things, yeah, it was all the... Yeah, and people wanted it to be true, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel a bit mean because it, I think that it could totally be done. And I think some people maybe use it as an excuse to say, oh, it can't be done, but it totally can. I just, it's really hard. And it's that thing again about creating a fiction because with the latency, you know, no one's ever going to see quite the same thing. And you can be as clever as you can with prediction and dead reckoning and all of that kind of yeah. server side, uh, an authoritative server, you know, yeah. that's making all the decisions. But ultimately, everyone's going to see slightly different things. So it's it's going to be how you create that fake reality for every player so that it makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, in a way, Asteroids is kind of one, not the best kind of game to do mm. because it's quite fast moving and yeah. uh, players have kind of die in one hit and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know, did your players die in one hit? No, there was a kind of... Um, they, they had like energy, right? The, the energy right. levels went yeah. down. So cool. so that, that was all right because, I mean... It, you know, it could be that if I hit, you know, if I was to do it properly multiplayer and I hit an astro- another player, I'd see the energy bar, but it would only be the server that was telling it whether it should go down or not. So maybe yeah. I didn't actually hit it, in which case, you know, I'd be given a bit of a lie so that my reality, in my reality, I hit him, but it yeah. didn't really matter. I mean, that's, yeah, that's why, like, RPGs work really well multiplayer, because everything has like hundreds and hundreds of health and each yeah. time you hit something it only takes off a small amount of health so the odd yeah. missed thing or yeah, you don't notice you don't notice it no yeah. whereas like something like quake for example with the rail gun which is like yeah. an instant kill weapon 
That's yeah. the hardest thing to do, essentially. Yeah. Although it is a ray, though, the rail gun, you see, and that helps. Yeah, sure. Because a ray, you can just, when you fire it, you send that to the server, the server just checks the two positions, casts the ray, and if it hits... Yeah, but that's kind of the same for, well, I guess, you know, that's what I would do for any bullet, really. I guess the slower-moving ones are... Yeah, exactly, that's it. You have, like, slow-moving projectiles like rockets, which move yeah. ridiculously slowly, like, slower than a person. Yeah, <laughs> but the then they're totally, they're, they're totally predictable, which is really good for that sort of yeah. system, isn't it? Um, yeah. And the other thing about Asteroids is it is impulse-based, so it's not a platform game where suddenly you're moving left. You know, there's yeah. a bit of energy building yeah. up. Yeah, because I was thinking about, you know, what if I wanted to take Super Gun Kids multiplayer, how would I do it? And yeah. I think you couldn't do it like Versus. Mm. It's just too fast moving. But you could do it as a kind of, like, Maple Story. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's a it's a platform so. MMO. And just have, you know, like, a persistent world or instances where you go in. And, what was it called? Uh, Maple Story. Maple Story. Yeah, it's a Korean game. Okay. And it's it's real time, is it? It is real time, but like the enemies are all like slow moving slugs and things like that that like sure. you just walk up to and bash them, you know, take it in turns and it's like well you don't take it in turns, but it's like, you know, it's yeah. quite slow paced. Yeah. Oh, who is it? The Alternativa guys made a, a tanks three D tanks game. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was just so frustrating. Well it was for me anyway, maybe because of my connection or whatever, but it seemed to wait. Like if I hit fire it seemed to wait for the server to tell me that I'd fired because it sure. just sort of took like half a second and then yeah. it fired. And I was like, I, yeah, I can't play this. <laughs> I guess that's how they decided to do it. Yeah. But I mean, it's the thing of like, they should just play the shoot animation right away. Yeah. And then tell you whether you hit later. Well, especially with something like that where you can see the bullets coming out, you know. Yeah. It's like you can sync those bullets across all the players pretty easily. Sure. There's something called um, lockstep multiplayer as well. Have you heard of that? I, d- I don't know what that means. I might have heard of it. Well, that means basically, like, that's how things like StarCraft and Command and & Conquer and, like, real-time strategy games work. Yeah. And basically, you have a deterministic game. Yeah. It, it runs in explicit turn. It, it's, like, turn-based. Yeah. But really, 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 really fast, like 10 turns a second. Really? Yeah. You only send like the changes yeah and that's because that's the only way you can have like a game like starcraft where you have like hundreds of units each because there's no way you could send all of that data across the pipes yeah if you're doing it 10 times a second that's still if i had a real time multiplayer game i wouldn't send more than five updates a second probably okay well you know however many yeah Yeah. say five though right i mean that's what it is but it's like your everything is fixed in turns yeah so so that basically you can't send your new data until you've got the new data off the other player. You're, I'm not 100% sure about that. But basically, okay. like, if you created a, like, a base on turn 3012 mm. on everyone's computer, it got created on turn 312, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. A bit confused. Well, you know, it's, it's like that thing of, like, stuff. if you fire a rocket, <laughs> yeah. right, in, say, Quake... Yeah. It fires at one time on my screen, one time on the server, and then another time on everyone else's computers, right? Well, that, that's not really how I'd do it. I'd fire the rocket on my computer and then tell the server what time I fired it, and then it would tell all yeah. the clients what time it fired it. Yeah. So then it would exactly, show where it is actually is now, and they'd all be synced up together. Because it would work out where they should you, be. But it's not exactly... That's the, th- the thing is, though, it's not exactly synced. Uh, it should be, if, as long as all the clocks are synced. Well, no, it's roughly synced, right? But it's it's not accurate enough to be deterministic, which means that just say it was a grenade, yeah. it would land in a slightly different place on everyone's machine. Right. Right? I don't know. I'm getting confused now. But sure, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> yeah, whereas in a deterministic system like StarCraft, that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Because it always gets tr- treated that things happen at the exact right turn mm. on everyone's computers. Okay. Not like a millisecond off or whatever. Well, it does seem like the, the system that I've nicked off Job Maker, which syncs up all the clocks, that does seem to be really Yeah, accurate. but that only works That only works for real-time games. I mean, for um, like action games. It doesn't work for, for strategy games. You, what is it you do? You, like, you do a load of pings, and then you add them up, and then you like divide by two or something, and that gives you... Yeah, you just basically... The client says to the server, what's the time? And it tells it, and you do that ten times... Any any ones that sort of took much longer than the others can be just thrown away because it means that packets got lost or whatever. You'll usually find like one or two pings that just are way longer than the others. 
So you've just got to get rid of those because they're no- they're noisy. But all the other once mm-hmm. you've got all the others, you can just like divide the time it took to get there and back by two, and you know roughly how long it took to get to the server, which means that you can figure out exactly the difference between the time on your clock and the time on the server. Mm-hmm. So then all the messages that you send are relative to that time. So you can say, I fired a bullet at this exact time. And the server knows exactly how long it took then to get that message. So it can, sure. it can, it constantly knows how, what the latency is like. And also, you know, it knows where the bullet actually is now because bullets just go in a straight line. And so, yeah, and that's what I implemented in Pixel phones. Yeah, no, you explained that. I saw it at your um, talk. There's, there's some very exciting and terrifying news about Pixel phones. What's that? I can't really be too specific about it, but. I've been asked if I can scale up Pixel phones to be to work in a stadium with, right, with wow. like twenty thousand phones. <laughs> cool. So that's really terrifying. I, I expect. Do you think it would work? I'm just going to say yeah, <laughs> but it's going to get complicated, <laughs> right? There needs to be lots of powerful computers and lots of powerful cameras, and yeah, and and the Wi-Fi is is going to be really complicated. Just the Wi-Fi yeah. is really complicated, but, isn't you it? Know, in, in, you've got a Wi-Fi expert who can just sort all that out. So Sure. But the other thing with Pixel phones as well, have you ever done it without kind of doing the preamble and kind of getting everyone into it and talking them through what they're supposed to do and stuff? Like, is it possible to do it in a way that just works and you can kind of get what you're supposed to do right away? Yeah, I think so. You know, once once the system's a bit slicker. And I c- I'm, I'm even thinking about making an app as well so that I don't have to worry about the screen brightness or auto lock or anything like that so you just what do you mean making well you know at the moment you're just opening a browser and it yeah. means that your phone like if it's got auto lock on then it will just turn itself off after 30 seconds yeah so it's kind of a bit awkward at the moment i've got to say okay switch your auto lock off put your brightness mm. to full go to this web page install it on your home screen if you really want <laughs> but then if you have a brow if you have a an app, everyone's got to get the app. Yeah, so, you know, I would probably do it so that you could optionally use the app. And yeah, if you... and with the iPhone, isn't there a problem that Apple could just go, oh, we don't approve this app, it's boring, what does it do? There is, well, I think that you don't have to put much stuff in for it to work. You know, you can put, you know, I could put, I could make, say I made a Pixel Phones app, then it could also, it could also just be like a list of all the events where I was going to run Pixel phones and some information about the project, and that would probably enough be oh, enough to get to yeah be um, a, an app. You know, there's some yeah. apps without very much stuff in that get through. So yeah, I'm just remembering like someone's who did like a strobe application or something, which was cool. Yeah. And it, and it, it got... was Paul Neve. Right. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And they mm. were like, yeah, it doesn't do enough. But it was cool. It was a strobe. If you turn the lights out in your room, turn it on, and you make a, you can have a rave. Well, it was. Wasn't it like that optical illusion where it was sort of like enlarging spirals and stuff like that yeah. that made when you looked away, it just made you go all like freaky. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's always a bit of a worry with the app store, isn't it? But I think as long as we can add enough extra stuff, because I won't be able to prove to them that it works, really, no. unless they want to come to one of my venues. But that's the thing, I guess, is to do it, yeah, to do it as a kind of app, a kind of guide to the project. Yeah. With the news and everything, yeah, exactly. And then yeah, you probably covered then, because it's got some information on it. Yes, but uh, I'm part of Because an app, an app is allowed to just be a, a, a website, basically. Yeah. Which is daft, isn't it, if you think about it? Yeah. All companies want an app at the moment, apparently. Yeah, everyone wants an app. <laughs> What's that? I, I mean, I know um, iOS programmers who are getting £800 a day at the moment. It's insane, isn't it? So learn iOS if you want some money. Yeah, that's the way and it goes. It, if you want and he's money. actually fed up. Basically, he realised he was spending so much time trying to get angel investors to support his startup. And he thought, why am I doing this? I could just work for a few months doing like, you know, because he's an iPhone guy. He's like, I could just earn 800 quid a day for a few weeks and then I can I can be my own angel investor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm in Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, are you? Yeah. I thought you were at home. No. Oh, cool. What are you doing in Amsterdam? It's my creative JS workshops all week, starting tomorrow, doing two two-day workshops two times two-day workshops starting tomorrow ending on friday and two weeks ago i did my first run of non-coder courses oh how was that yeah it was fun 
seemed to go really well. I, I installed a version of JS Bin on my server. Have you seen JS Bin? No, what's that? It's by Remy Sharp, and it's kind of like JS Fiddle, where it's just like a code editor that you can type into, and it updates straight away. It's really, it's really good for learning stuff with. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I've seen it. Yeah, you, you just type to... some code into your web page and run it, right? Yeah, but I've set it up with a, a very small library of JavaScript that has a few little helper things in. Mainly, it just automatically calls any function called draw 60 times uh-huh. a second using a request animation frame, or you can change the frame rate. That's, you know, So you can just basically make a function called draw and it gets called automatically over and over. Sort of right. a la processing or open frameworks sure. or whatever. So why did you decide to do this course with JavaScript rather than with processing? I think, actually, I mean, I have taught it with processing. And I'm going to probably teach it with processing again. I think there's a slightly different target audience for each. I think the people that came to my courses last, like a couple of weeks ago, were probably mostly web people. They were mm-hmm. designers, and you know, there's a couple of information architects or whatever. But they were mostly kind of web designers, I think. So that kind of made sense. And in some ways, JavaScript is a little bit more accessible than processing. In some ways. Just simply because, to explain, arrays are kind of a mess in processing because it's just like Java arrays and the syntax is kind of ugly. But then, you know, having said that, those concepts are kind of hard to get across to complete beginners, whatever. So, you know, it's kind of swings and roundabouts, really. But I just added a few, like I mentioned, I added that draw function and I also added some extra stuff to the Canvas API, just things that are missing, like being able to draw a circle right. you know, or, or a line. But there's Is not, that missing? Yeah. Well, you can draw an arc, right? Just oh, draw yeah, an arc yeah, the I'm whole really way around, but yeah, you yeah. can't. There's no draw circle. Yeah. Um, so, but I'd probably be doing processing version, which would be more for artists. Sure. See, the students that I teach do processing in another module. Mm. That's kind of where they get most of their programming, well, the bits they don't get from me. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, I wonder about processing, like, I wonder, I do wonder slightly the value of teaching it to uh, students. If they want to do any sort of digital media installation work, then it's the best thing to learn. Yeah, it's just not, it's not like a very employable skill. I'm, are you sure? I mean, it's very specialist, right? Yeah, it's not. It isn't an employable skill. It's not. A, it's not a skill that anyone's asking for in it's, jobs. It's not a mass appeal. You know, it's not. A, it's not like the number of JavaScript programmers or the number of evolution right. script programmers. But sure, there are quite a few people who want processing programmers who can't get them. You know, it's, there's really there's a small there's a small demand that I don't think is necessarily getting filled. I don't know. Maybe they. Well, do they want processing people, or do they just want people who can make an installation? Though. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They just want people who can. Right. Make an so installation. that wouldn't necessarily so, be processing. It could be. It wouldn't necessarily, but I think it would be a good option. A lot of time. A lot of the time. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I don't get it really. <laughs> I think well, it's great. I don't see what, um, what can um, it do that you can't do with like Flash or with. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it, you know, for generating art, you know, you can render to a PDF, which is really, really cool. That works really well. Um, it's had 3D OpenGL for some time now, and that's getting better and better. It's much better at talking to Arduinos. It's much better at file system stuff. It's got low. You can make a, a WebSocket server with it. You can do all sorts of server stuff with it. Anything that there's a Java library for, you can do with it. Uh, I don't know. It's quite a lot yeah. of stuff. I guess it's it's good, you know you can access the Twitter API and do stuff with data with it. It's it's you know I don't want to say it's better. Than I mean I'm not else, I'm not saying it's, it's like a, a bad technology. Like obviously it's cool, but it's like yeah. it's just in terms of like because it's such a small niche of people that do it. I don't know how. Uh, I guess it's the people like you know it's the cool people, isn't it? The, <laughs> the ones, you know, like like Jer Thorpe doing his stuff. I for know, the but New that York isn't Times like a job it. that you could just come out of university and just get. No, not you at have all. to be Jer Thorpe. But in order well, for that yeah, to work, Jer Thorpe wasn't always Jer Thorpe. He no, was, he was. No, but that's the thing. He was <laughs> always Jer Thorpe. Uh, well, he was. Well, he was because that was his yep. name. <laughs> but 
you know, he was making flash banners. Yeah, exactly. Right? So he has an employable skill. <laughs> but he hated it. I know. And, but then you only and the stuff to do that he ended up bit, doing in his, his spare time stuff ended up being his job. Sure. So that's cool. There's, all knowledge is useful. There's no, you can't, they can't yeah. learn anything that's going to be bad. Yeah. I mean, I think, though, that there are also... Like a few of my students, just to interrupt quickly, a couple of my okay. students didn't think it was worth paying attention in the Flash thing because they didn't really think it was for them. Mm. And it's like, well, you're just learning some programming stuff that you've never done before, yeah. and that's always yeah. going to be good, even if you never touch Flash again. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and it's sort of the same with teaching JavaScript. You know, I'm not really teaching JavaScript. I'm teaching the basic concepts and the constructs of kind of any functional programming sure. language, right? Well, that you know, actually... Variables, that, loops, functions, arrays. Yeah, that segues quite nicely into um, Scratch, which I've been playing with. Oh, cool. Because... I, you know, I've been meaning to check it out for ages. It's super nice. It's it's like no a node based programming environment. No, right? that's it's the wrong way to think based. about it. It's a Lego bricks okay. based programming environment. Okay, um, br- but it is for kids, right? Yeah, it's for kids and people who don't know any programming. But like, and it, so is it made by MIT? Is that yeah, right? It's developed at MIT, and so okay, um, that's all I know about it. So it's over to you. <laughs> yeah, so basically, yeah, I didn't really know much about it, and I was at this Raspberry Pi meetup group down here. Um, ah where we were just talking about Raspberry Pis and things, and there was an IT teacher there, and he was showing Scratch and saying how he was, like, moving the, their old IT curriculum of doing, like, Word and Excel to be, like, to do things like Scratch. Mm. So then, weirdly, then the next day, I was around at my parents, and my niece came over, and she's, like, 12, and she was like, Ian, can you help me with this thing? I want to, like, make this bounce off this. And I was like, what are you doing? And on her laptop, she'd installed Scratch, and she was, like, building a game with it. Cool. It's just like super cool, and she so yeah. she explained that she's in this club called the Computer Club for Girls, which <laughs> is like a girls-only computer club at her school where uh, they're like building websites and doing stuff with Scratch, which I think is super super ace. Yeah, and brilliant. Yeah, so basically, I sh- she I showed her I had never seen it um, or yeah. never used it, and she was like, "Okay, how do I like make the thing follow the thing?" And I just picked it up instantly. It's so so simple. And wow. it's all the kind of coding constructs that you know and love, but you just drag and drop them. Right. So, for example, you've, there's one brick, which is when the flag is pressed. The flag is like start the start button, right? That's like the compile button. Yeah. So that basically, yeah. that's like your main, that's like your kind of... It's like your setup or whatever. Yeah, you're, you're in it, you're like your yeah. entry point, right? So you put that block on first always. And then there's this, this block called forever. Now, forever is like a game loop, a loop that fires 30 times a second. Yeah. So you drop forever in. Yeah, that's like your enter frame in Flash. That's like or, your draw. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly, whatever, update or whatever you want to call it. So then yeah. you put in your forever, and then inside that you put your other code. So you've got like... But what's nice is that everything's colour-coded. It's so cool, and I've I've used it twice for about half an hour at a time, and I'm already pretty much an expert, because obviously because I already know how to programme, but... Yeah. And it, this is for people who can't programme, but for your like first ever bit of programming, this is so the nicest way to do it. Because you can't make yeah. a syntax error. All of the th- right. all of the concepts are there, but you can't just mistype something. Which mm. for a lot of my students with JavaScript and ActionScript, they made a small syntax error and then it just screwed them up for the rest of the thing. Yeah. Right. So you've got control, right? Which has got things like forever, repeat, which is a repeat loop. If then or if else, wait until repeat broadcast right and then it's got events like when sprite one clicks and things like that then you've got sensing which is like touching mouse x mouse y mouse down key pressed things like that then you've got operators which is pick a random number greater than less than and or not then you can make variables but you don't have to pen which is like a drawing api there's sound which just plays sounds there's looks which is like for changing what the sprite looks like so you can basically swap the frame of the sprite and things like that. Yeah. And it's got yeah, it's got a little paint application built into it, so you can draw your own sprites. You just make some graphics. Yeah, and it's got motion, so, motion, which is move towards, turn towards, point in the direction, point towards, go to. So would you consider using this to teach people programming? Yeah, I think that like anyone's introduction to programming should be this. Really? Yeah, and I'll see if I can get. Um, I can see if I can persuade my higher ups that you need to let me use it next year. Before Flash or instead uh, of it? Well, no. The order that I that my module goes is it goes HTML and CSS, then JavaScript, then Flash. So this would go yeah. before JavaScript, right? To be like 
just your first introduction to programming mm. because I feel like the t- the typing confuses them so much and they're trying to recognize the words yeah that like they don't that the, the yeah. high level concepts don't necessarily go in that well right yeah and that's the stuff they really need to understand I'm downloading it <laughs> have a play it's super cool I mean you can only make really simple things with it but like for example I made pong with it yeah and it was just really intuitive to to do and it, all the things that I kind of thought that I needed to make it were there. So it's like, well, I need something that lets you follow the mouse. Well, if I just go forever, the Y equals the mouse Y done. And it's like, I didn't have to type anything. I just dragged and dropped all of those things. And so does it just run in its own thing or does it? Have, yeah, is it... it runs in its own thing. You can make a Java app, but that's not very great. Yeah. <laughs> it would be nice if they would do a, like a canvas exporter. That'd be the most useful thing. Cause then you could yeah. play with it on your phone and things, but maybe that's coming. I don't know. Interesting, wouldn't it? I would advise anyone who wants to teach their kids to program, this is the way to do it. What about if you wanted, if you're an adult that wanted to learn to program? Yeah, absolutely. That that too. Yeah. I think this is a better introduction than typing some JavaScript, okay. definitely, because you come to work out how to solve problems using code, yeah. and then you can get into stuff like compilers and syntax errors and all that stuff later. Yeah. Cool. All right, I'll look forward to checking that out. Anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, not really. Um, sure, there was some stuff. Well, there's sure been, some stuff. There's been news. Twitter. There was that flash thing that everyone got all hoity-toity about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Don't care anymore. That's don't so. Care. You shouldn't care. Don't worry about it. Don't care. It doesn't affect you. So, I've, it's really an effort not to care, though, because you know. Well, I keep getting sometimes you have it. to force yourself not to care. Sometimes you're absolutely right. Sometimes I think the thing is though that you still have a bit of an emotional attachment to the whole. I do have thing. an emotional attachment. I do. Well, you should leave absolutely. your emotions at the door. I still care about it. That's the problem. Yeah, but, but don't I've worry about s- it. It doesn't care about you. <laughs> <laughs> seeing other people. <laughs> yeah. All right, so there's that, which we're not talking about. <laughs> um, drinking at conferences, that was a thing, oh, wasn't it? That was a... so, yeah. I mean, I, t- I get on. that. You know, I really get that because as someone who never really fitted into any kind of clique or group, you know, I've always felt like an outsider. And so, you know, I remember when everyone used to smoke in pubs. Mm-hmm. And I was the only guy not smoking, and I'd feel like excluded or whatever. But I always feel excluded. I don't, you know, I don't drink very much. So, you know, if everyone else wants to get drunk, that's fine. Whatever. I'm, you know, just another <laughs> reason to be different from everyone else is fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's some interesting points, though. You know, clearly that whole thing of like, oh, was I drunk last night? Or was I drunk? You know, it's kind of like, well, really? I <laughs> mean, yeah, it's kind of a bit annoying. But then someone I know called John, whose surname I, escapes me at the moment. Um, damn it. He set up the skiff in Brighton and now he's in Chile doing a startup Chile thing. And he made the point that some people find it very difficult to network and very shy and that maybe a couple of drinks can help with that. So mm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that no one's smoking in my face anymore, you know. Yeah, That's, a lot of people miss morning sessions at conferences, though, don't they? Which is quite rude. Yeah, that's that's when it's a problem. And then, of course, it all led into that whole thing about when, you know, the after parties just got loud music and everyone's drunk. It's like, you know, it's like I do hate that. I just want to hang out and chat to people. Mm. You know, yeah, it's why like why John Davies' flash on the beach evening sessions worked so well because they just went back to the venue and we hung out in the bar and then we watched someone talk and then we hung out in the bar some more yeah. but there was no loud music we could just chat no it's good that yeah that's what they should all do they all try I think they all sort of realise but sometimes yeah but even like, then though people go back to the hotel bar after that don't they carry on <laughs> I don't have a problem with drinking so much as long as it's civilised and everyone's having a nice chat and drinking mm. I just don't want loud music. I don't want to dance, you know. I don't want to no. be in a nightclub. But, you know, I've been at conference after parties where the conference organisers had to keep saying to the venue, let's turn the music down. And I don't know why, but perhaps if people aren't talking so much, they're drinking more or something, I don't know. But 
so you know there's definitely been at least one occasion where the venue was kind of trying to push that that volume up and up but if it's booked out like why would they even bother well i guess because they're still selling drinks aren't they that's why though you've got to have like complete control as a conference organizer you've got to make sure that you are like controlling the whole environment yeah right down to like what music is playing and stuff yeah, because if you're not making that decision, someone's going to make it for you, and they're going to put on like ABBA or whoa, know, whoa, wait a second, <laughs> ABBA's <Or like>, okay, <laughs> okay, or they're going to put on like you know some horrible house music way too loud, and yeah, yeah, you should be curating that part of it right if you're organising a conference. Yeah, totally. So you're you're talking at the Flash on the Beach thing, the London thing, right? Reasons. Oh yeah, yeah, reasons to be happy <laughs> is what that is. It's um. I guess it's got an app sort of theme. It's just been announced, hasn't it? Yeah, but I was looking at the thing and there's, it's not really anyone who makes apps on the list, so... They're all... Hang on, I'm looking now. Cause I... There's like a cellist and stuff. I have to say, though, that it's it's moving way away from things that I'm interested in. Yeah. So Some good people, though. Chris Harmon. Brendan Dawes is good. Yeah, I've seen him talk. Oh, about James is cool. There's no one. There's no real developers on it, and there's no like. Whoa! Hang on a second. Whoa! Whoa! What do you whoa. mean? There's no real you developers. Know, people that develop things. I did asteroids. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't real. It was fake. Damn it! <laughs> there's no real. Well, there's a few people. I think if you're into this kind of stuff, great. I think it'll be a good conference, and John always puts on a good show and stuff. But just in terms yeah. of content. It's not really my cup of tea, but... Well, there goes your free ticket. <laughs> I haven't got time to go anyway. Don't you? There's no. a few people whose names I don't recognise. It could be interesting to check out. I don't know. I'm just interested in game stuff at the moment, really. I just want to see games people. Are you doing any client work? Not at the moment. I'm going to have to do some after... Well, it depends how much money I get from um, Super Gun Kids when it's finished, but probably as soon as I finish Super Gun Kids, I'm going to have to rush out. And, and earn some money. Earn some money, yeah. If, <laughs> but, what if you run out of money before you finish it? I'm, I'm not going to. I'm just going to borrow money and carry on and finish it. Oh, wow. Because if I stop, it'll never... F- I can't stop it now I've started it, basically. Yeah. That's a bad thing. Is it just you know, going to be I've on got, the web? Are you going to put it on... I've got to see it through. Are you going to do it? Um, are you going to make an app it, or anything? The likelihood is it's going to be on the web. I might do an app just so that I can just add a native extension to support joysticks. Yeah. A downloadable app. Yeah, so then if you really love it and you want to play it with joysticks, you yeah. can just pay me a quid or something and get that version. And um, not um, you're not going to do a mobile version? Not right now, but I'm thinking about it. Yeah, there's a technology called Scaleform, which I'm quite interested in using, or because um, it really suits the way I work. But... Scaleform? Isn't that the thing that, that rendered Flash of the GPU? Yeah, so what they've done is they've basically realized that it was it's was created for making uh, uis GUIs. right in games yeah but what they've realized is that it's got like a really fast flash render and it's got an action scripts interpreter so yeah it's pretty much a full engine so their new kind of product which is still in like pre-release is a thing that makes apps makes iphone and android apps out of flash and you just yeah you just give it a swift and it gives you back a hardware accelerated app that you make in, in an xcode project Cool. That's Autodesk, so that's, I assume. Yeah, Autodesk. Yeah. So. Well, that's uh, that's really what Adobe should have done ages ago. It's absolutely what Adobe should have done. I mean, it should be that should be an option like in the browser for doing stage 3D stuff. You just just be able to go give me a stage 3D 2D version of this FLA, and it should do it. Yeah, it should totally. But Scaleform have done it anyway. <laughs> Someone's done it. <laughs> so, well, I'd like to hear how you get on with that. Have you, are you on the pre-release? I am, but I haven't actually had time to actually use it yet yeah. because I'm not going to do anything until, until it's, it's finished. Yeah, sure. Because everything else is just a distraction and I really have to work really hard at stopping myself do anything else. Because <laughs> you know what it's like though, right? I do. You just, there's, everything's interesting and there's loads of stuff you could be doing. And, it's my life. But it's at the moment I'm just putting my foot down and just like, no, just this game is my life. I'm a distraction junkie, I've realised. <laughs> I posted this message on Twitter last week saying... The main problem I have with C++ is that I check my email when it's compiling. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone... Do you then go... Do then you don't go back to it when you should? Well, you know, I, well, I usually do, to be honest, but sometimes I guess I get caught up in stuff. I'm kind of astonished that I'm as productive as I am, really. I think if I really mm. focused, I'd probably... I don't know, I'd probably achieve amazing things and be a millionaire, I don't know. 
but I'm not. I'm too... But maybe you wouldn't, though, because maybe, like, I'm starting to worry about this for me. It's like, I actually am too interested in other stuff. Yeah. That, like, it would be impossible for me to do the same thing for a year. Mm. Who knows, though? Once you get into it, it's just a t- it's just such a change of mindset, like what I'm doing now. I mean, you must have this with Pixel phones as well. Yeah. Where it's just, you have to just really put hours and hours into just one thing. Oh, man. I really have... I spent two days a couple of weeks ago, or last week. Actually, it was this week just gone. It's two days on just, like, something that I expected to just take an hour or two. And it was just yeah. because, oh, they, you know, they call it homography, right? Where you take four points and you need to, like, warp an image into that quad. Right. Yeah, that the quad that's described by those four points. And it's built into OpenCV. So you can just say, like, with an OpenCV image in Open Frameworks, you can just say, warp into me, and you can just pass in an array of points, destination points, source points, and it just does it for you magically. But with right. Pixel phones, I wanted to use it so that I could sort of flatten out the image of where all the phones were in the audience to get rid of the perspective, so the positions of the phones would be as though they were I was above them, you know, so it was a proper rectangle as opposed to the distorted rectangle that i'd see in the camera oh right yeah so i didn't actually need to distort the image i just needed to translate the point where the phone was in the camera to an onto a different quad and you'd think that would be quite easy wouldn't you and it sort of i guess OpenCV makes it look easy but then i started looking into the maths of it and it's just incredibly complicated (laughs) and you know as there's loads of bits of code everywhere and I couldn't get any of it to compile and then I was trying to hack OpenCV which is just a really too low level C, not even C++, it's C and I was just like, oh, just didn't get it at all. But someone, it was Arturo, who's a brilliant, brilliant uh, programmer and member of the Open Frameworks team and he posted this code and I just couldn't get it to work at all. It just was not working. It was just coming up with really weird results And then I just, like, switched a couple of variables around, and it worked. And this was, like, after two whole days of just literally hitting my head against the wall. It was horrible. Yeah, I hate doing hard stuff. It's nice when you get your head around something, though. Well, I don't feel like I I really got my head around it. I just felt like the code didn't really work. I didn't really know why. And so I just kept (laughs) screwing with it until it worked. But it was still very rewarding when it actually worked, I have to say. Yeah. I had a quite an interesting one with just doing, um, it was doing like um, a bounding box against circle check. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So to see whether an AABB, which is an axis aligned bounding yep. box, versus a circle, right? Uh-huh. Just to see if they collide or not, yep. right? If a penetration it. check. Yeah. And I found literally 10 different ways to do this yeah. test. And the one, hmm. I've got in, the one I've got in a book, um, Game Design for Flash, Advanced Game Design for Flash, Friends of Ed, it has it about literally 40 lines or something. Oh, and it's, they've really? got strings in there. They've got loads of what? stuff. And it's like, but it's got some really nice diagrams that kind of help you think about what they're doing. So I use that as an inspiration to write my own one, where, which basically is doing what they're doing, but in like five lines. Yeah. Right. And then I found loads of different other ways. And then I found this one way, which is so elegant, that I was just like, it just blew me away. And it's like, basically... All you do is, let's think, right, if you clamp, yeah, yeah. the the centre of the circle, the top of the rect and the bottom of the rect, yeah? Yeah. So the, the vertical centre of this, or the, the basically the, the Y position of the circle centre, mm. and then the Y position of the top of the box and the Y position of the bottom of the yeah. box. If you clamp that, yeah, yeah. so it, it takes whatever the highest one is and the lowest one and makes it sure it's in the bounds, Yeah. Yeah. If you clamp, you clamp it to yeah. Sorry, so you clamp the circle to the box, right? Right, and you basically get a point, a vertical point, which is somewhere on the box, right? So you're taking the y position of the circle and the top of the yeah. box and the bottom of the box. You just lim- you just limit it to be bigger than the top of the box. Yeah. So so you just run a clamp algorithm on the circle's yeah. position so that if it's above the, the the box, then it will be stuck to the top of the box, right? Yeah. And if it's yeah. below if it's it, then below, it'll, it'll be stuck, stuck to the bottom. bottom. That's okay. it, right? Then you do the same thing with the um, the horizontal, right? Yeah. So now what you've got is basically you've got the point on the box that it's closest. You've got the to. point that's closest to the circle, mm. 
Now, with this, all you have to do is just do the do a Pythagoras mm. of the centre of the circle to that point. Yeah. And if it's that less than the radius of the circle, it's a hit. There's not. There's a bit more to it though, as well, isn't there? Oh no, no there isn't. No. Well, what if it's, it's super simple? But so what if simple. the circle's like, say, you've got a box, and say the circle's halfway in between, like the left edge and the right edge, but it's overlapping. Right. Well, the that's bottom. okay because you clamped the centre of the circle already. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be on the edge. This point. This point can actually be within the box. Yeah. So then the box. So then the point. If the circle. If the centre of the circle point is in the is, box. My point is, is that if the, if it's right in the middle of the yeah. box and you're getting the distance from the centre of the circle to no. the corner that it's closest to. No, but you're not. It's not. It doesn't have to be a corner. That's the thing. It doesn't have to be That's a the corner. Thing. It doesn't have to be a corner. If the centre of the circle is oh, in the I box. Oh, I see. Yes. The clamp yes, value yes. will will act, your, your closest, your closest point, point, point is the centre of the middle circle. at the bottom of the box. Yeah. You see, That's a good one. Super elegant. Like so elegant. Yeah, I like that. It's just It's just like. And there's, I've seen so many people like beat their head against this problem, yeah. me included. Like, yeah. And then I just read that one. Just I've like, seen people that just check all the four corners and then check all the four sides as well. Well, yeah, I mean, my original one, yeah. I just did, I checked like the bounding box first and that, that's good for all the edges. Yeah. And then I, you just find which corner it's in and do one, one like Pythagoras check with that. Yeah. So it's, this, it's the same number of sums, but it's not as elegant. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. That's a good one. I like good. I like stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a really good one. I remember that. All right. Well, um, anything coming up you want to talk about? Um, more time in front of my computer. Yeah, know that feeling. <laughs> That's it. I'm actually actively not going to anything at the moment because I just want to finish this game. Yeah. There's a really cool game jam happening in Pinewood Studios. It's called Game Hack UK. Yeah. And that's like in two weeks, I think. And it's really cool. And I would love to go, but like, just like, no, there's no way. I've got a crazy four weeks coming up. I'm going to Amsterdam now. <laughs> You're in it. I'm in Amsterdam. Well, where am I? Um, next week, I'm in Newcastle for Dibby. I'm doing the opening keynote, which is terrifying. I'm, then I'm going to be on Telerand play the week after in Cologne. And then the, the Saturday after that is State of the Browser in London. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning of May, Source DevCon in London. And I'll stop there because there's more in May. <laughs> Crazy couple of months. Cool. Cool. Well, it was nice catching up. Yeah. Cool. Well, the Creative Podcast will return very shortly. And <laughs> we wish you well. Yes. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.